Hello, everyone. My name is Deborah Rue, and this is Access Chat. Um, Neil Milliken is still doing uh, all kind of things for his wife. He's uh, he is a handyman right now, so he is unable to join us this week. And I have my wonderful partner Antonio Santos here, and we're really excited about featuring Jody Greer, who's actually been on the show before. But she, I believe, Jody, haven't you been on before? I haven't actually. This is my first time I've managed to link up on Access Chat. Oh yay! Well, Jody, tell us tell us about your experience in the field, and because I know you were with Shell, but now you are um, you are a consultant, and you're doing really amazing work. So tell us more about what you're doing and who you are. And also, Jody, let me let me remember to do a visual description. I'm a if anybody's not watching the or you can't see the video, I'm. Um, a white woman with gray and purple hair, and I'm wearing blue glasses today with um, some veins and a, a sort of bluish shirt. So over to you, Jody. <laughs> Thanks, Deborah. Um, my visual description is going to sound strangely like Deborah's because I'm also wearing blue rim glasses. I do actually have purple hair, but it's tied back, so you can't actually see it very well anyway. And I've got a black V-neck jumper on. Um, T-shirt even. It's quite warm. Um, so, yeah, about me. So I'll try and make it as brief as possible because I do love to chat. Everybody knows this. Um, so I, I was in the corporate world for a lot of years, 24, I'll just say it. Um, and I did spend the last 13 of those with Shell. And disability inclusion has been a massive passion of mine, literally going back to childhood. Um, I may as well share up front, I am currently non-disabled, as I call myself, so I don't have a disability myself, but it's something that, of course, is just important for the world. And so I spent quite over a decade leading the disability network for Shell, and I just wanted to do even more, and I was fortunate to be a global accessibility lead for the last four years of my corporate career, and I decided, due to our wonderful pandemic, that it was time, it was time to take the leap of faith and go out and start a new organisation that can help lots of organisations to be more disability inclusive and accessible. And so there came the birth of Be People Smart. And so we literally support organisations um, around the world to be disability inclusive and accessible, as I say, but right from strategic planning and roadmaps to educating their staff to policy setting and auditing digital um, solutions and also their physical premises. So it really does vary, which is what's kind of exciting. Um, and I'm just really, really passionate about what I do. So um, one of the things we're here to talk about today is the wonderful, that I'm very proud of, new um, disability inclusion maturity model, Deborah, which you know all about. Yes, yes. And and it's very exciting to, you know, to see you really step out, be, step out and become a consultant like this, because one thing that I've often heard, as a matter of fact, I've heard Neil complain about this and many people in the United States, is that we as the accessibility field don't often understand how to really apply accessibility through a gigantic organization with all the moving parts. And that's actually something you have experience with. So 
Yeah, definitely. And I think because there's another part that's obviously about being realistic, you know, no matter what the funding is within an organisation, you know, there are still budget restraints. But there's also, you know, there's so many conflicting priorities that you have to be realistic. So what can you achieve with short term and long term strategies? The two don't go hand in hand. They are different. Yes, yes. And I think that's one reason why I really love the maturity model, because, I mean, you you took the lead on it and you brought in other leaders and stuff, but you've actually been part of a very, very complicated, major multinational corporation. And so once again, I think often we come in and say, oh, just use an overlay or, oh, all you have to do is just do this, this and this. And they are easy sometimes, right? If just add alt text, right? Blah, blah, blah. But it's a lot more complicated than that. And um, that's why I, I'm excited about your maturity model. So tell us more about that. And also, I know Antonio has questions, so I won't um, hog the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. So yes, yeah, so the disability inclusion maturity model is pretty different to anything else that's out there. Um, because the way it's formatted, just to kind of put it into simple terms, there is an overview sheet. But there are 10 key business areas um, and each one has a dedicated worksheet of its own. And you work through different points, different criteria, if you like, to determine whether that's a yes, you've, a, this is where you're at. No, it isn't or not applicable is also an option because it needs to work for everyone. And for instance, if I'm talking about staircases in the built environment area, then if you've got one single story warehouse for your business, of course, you know, you don't want to be marking yourself down because you don't have stairs. So you work through each sheet and there is really um, clear guidance as well to help you to set the scene for how to work through it, how to set accountability, who can take responsibility and how you can make it work for you. Um, and the other thing is as well, and it will make this really clear. So the maturity model goes from one to five and we do not expect, and we don't feel that you should expect, anybody out there should expect that they will be a five in all areas. And they may never get to a five in all areas. And that's okay. <laughs> and I think that's a big part of it, because I think there's often pressure with data that everybody wants to get to the top mark. And actually, that may not be where you need to be to get the best for you, your employees and your customers. Well said. Jody, no, you made references to, to your uh, work uh, at a, at a large company. No, you are working on the digital uh, on the maturity model. But no, where do you see uh, this topic sit in a, or in an organization? And uh, how can people drive this in the right way? Because I just a, a quick comment. Sometimes I see organizations. Okay, now we need to improve something in our on accessibility, on diversity and inclusion, and they go and they hire someone from outside with no connections in the organization itself, and then they expect that person to make a change, and that person doesn't know anyone, and then you have employees inside the organization that have been doing some groundwork for years without any appreciation that feel. So how about you know nobody was listening to us? So how do you see organizations? what they need to do to manage all these conflicts that sometimes take place at companies. I think you've really hit the nail on the head there for so many organizations, Antonio. So what I would say is 
collaboration is absolutely essential. But I do think because of what you're saying, because you'll have passionate people in every organisation that are are quite likely taking real action as well and trying for within their own remit as far as they can to make real positive change. But for them to be known, for them to know who to tell what they're doing or what they've achieved, there's got to be a central point as well. There's got to be some kind of accountability overarching that accessibility piece, if you like, um, so that they can understand what's being fed in. But also it needs to be appreciated because a lot of the time people feel like they've got to hide the extracurricular activities because they're not technically their day job. And so it needs to be part of company culture, which is a whole bigger thing I know, that it is actively not just encouraged, but almost pushed that, you know, you want people to take their passions, you want people to use their lived experience and their knowledge and everything to make real positive change for your organisation. If you can do that and then you've got that accountability where they can all channel it through so people do know what's going on and you're not reinventing the wheel in every country and everyone seems to be trying to do the same thing, that's one win. But the other thing with collaboration, as I say, and it comes back to kind of maturity model, is you've got, for instance, recruitment. Recruitment's huge. Recruitment's so essential for accessibility and for inclusion. But for instance, the way they communicate it's really important that the way they're actually sharing information, the, the kind of some of the language and terminology they're using, but also the methodologies they're using are inclusive. But that flips back into your internal communications team, understanding what that means. So if you've got proper collaboration, it also means that your built environment people that are putting digital solutions into meeting rooms should be engaging with the digital teams because they're putting similar solutions everywhere else. So there needs to be almost a network, I guess, of representatives from different business areas who are engaging together. Because if you do that, you share in lifetime and it actually streamlines for the whole business. Because if John's already done it, then Clarissa doesn't need to do it again. Now, let me follow on, uh, that on, on a question that I feel that sometimes can be recurrent that an organization, they do that, let's say, in at their HQ. So they do all these events, parties, movements, takes pictures where they are proud of their of what they are doing. At the same time, uh, uh, the same employee somewhere in another office, in another country, say, what's going on here? We don't have any of that. How can we find ways where we move forward but we don't create disappointments uh, with people that work in the organization, simply in, in, in different places, different regions. Yeah, I think, I think that's actually really important. And that's where equity comes in, right? And it's about appreciating all of your employees and not prioritizing some sort of postcode lottery. Um, and I think that's another place where the maturity model comes in handy because it actually talks about when you are assessing your organization, you may need to, because of different legislation, um, you may need to rather than want to um, assess different organizations, sep uh, sorry, different locations separately, which is fine. But then how do you come back to where you are as an actual organization overall? Well, we give guidance on that as well. And we say, you know, we absolutely don't advocate that you score yourself at that highest denominator because you lose 
site of where you really need to be taking action. So we advocate for people starting out that you kind of grade yourself on the central point, on the average, if you like, um, but making sure you prioritise where you know that there was lower scores and that they are um, noted and actioned. And you can change that as you mature because you can actually then score yourself on the lower denominator because you kind of should, because if you're already there, then, you know, where are you failing for want of a nicer word? Um, but yeah, so we talk about that as well, because it's so important that there is equity, not just so all of your employees are actually respected and given all the tools that they need, for instance, but also, you know, you have people traveling. So it's like nobody wants to go to that site because you can't have anything, you know, that you need. So you'll only go to A, B or C because at least there people are actually looked after. Who wants to work in an environment like that? Yeah, great. that's a really good point. And also, Jody, let's talk a little bit about maturity models. So one thing I would be, you know, it, 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 how are you? Okay, I, I'm going to back up. Um, I know there are multiple maturity models out there. But how, you know, you know, how do, does um, an organization know which maturity model that works best for them? Or do you recommend maybe they consider multiple maturity models? Well, I've got to be honest, and I'm going to just sound really biased. Um, I honestly believe the Be People Smart works for everyone. And it's a lot more in-depth than any I've ever seen in existence. Um, and just for the record, this isn't a revenue stream. It is a free tool. You actually don't register or ask us to send it to you. You can just download it from the website. Uh, some people have been really shocked that we've done it this way. Um, I'll quickly just tell you, there's a couple of reasons for that. One, I didn't want any commercial market to be outpriced from being able to use the tool. And I think that's really, really important. But also the reality is a lot of companies haven't even necessarily been honest with themselves as to where they are on that kind of maturity ladder. Um, so I want them to be able to before they necessarily feel like they need to put their hand up and tell someone else. And also the unconverted as I call them who don't really recognize the value or recognize actually there's a lot more they need to do I didn't want there to be a barrier of cost or even someone feel like they're, they're sort of signing their life away and giving you all their details before they've been able to identify those gaps so we've gone the whole hog and I haven't seen anyone else who has done it that way yeah. um but literally you click on the access the maturity model and it just gives you the document and you can play with it, add your notes, uh, do your scoring, and no one's ever going to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and in business, this is how we do things. We create processes. We create plans. We we check, have we made any progress? And this is the way to do it. That's why I loved your maturity model. Uh, I think it's very important. And I also want to note that you really are so passionate about our industry. And we need more people that are passionate like we are, you know, because I know Antonio, Neil, and I, we do access chat for free. We've been doing it for almost 10 years. So there's so many things we do to give back to the community. We love leaders like you, Jody, that are, all, are also giving back. But let me ask you another question 
based on shell. Um, and I also think it ties into the maturity model. And I would really recommend everybody to go out and get a copy of this maturity model. You should be using it, even if you're using another maturity model. Put them together and, you know, make sure there are no gaps. But I know that you led the, you were very involved with the, um, at Shell with their, um, oh, I'm totally blanking on the name. Uh, the employees come together for a cause. Um, yeah, sorry. Disability Network. Thank you. Thank you very much for being my brain just then. But it's, have you found that having one of those networks, um, to really talk about inclusive design and inclusion in a different way, instead of just saying, well, you're people with disabilities or you love somebody with a disability, but do you think there's an opportunity to use these networks in a different way to help companies be even more successful with inclusion? Absolutely. I'm a massive advocate of disability networks or employee resource groups, whatever you um, frame them as, because if you actually want to get it right, the reality is you need to hear from the people it's mainly impacting and the people with lived experience. And if you don't have a conduit somewhere where those voices can basically group to be heard um, or somewhere really that you can reach into to hear the voices, how do you know? How do you know how you're doing? How do you know how your tools, processes, whatever are really being received? Um, and I've, I've spoken to organisations who are anti-networks uh, or ERGs and I will say the same to them because if you genuinely want to be inclusive you need to hear from first-hand experience because if you're open to know where it's not going so well well guess what that's where improvement comes from. Ooh, powerfully powerfully said. Jody. I, I know once again you talked a little bit about your new company but do you mind just giving us the URL and also telling us again, um, you know, what you're offering and you're not just looking at it from the UK. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, you are looking at this globally. Shell's a gigantic global company, so you're used to working globally, but I, I was just wondering if you would tell us more about, you know, your organization. Yeah, no problem. So, um, Basically, at Be People Smart, we are really that end-to-end -end resource to enable disability inclusion and accessibility. I say those words so much, but it, it's very, very true. So from when organizations are starting out, we can support um, with that strategic planning, but real planning, you know, something tangible, something you can take, something you can run with, um, which is where roadmaps and action plans come in. But when we look at strategies as well, I mentioned earlier, but we look at short term and long term because I'm a massive lover of kind of the low hanging fruit, the quick wins. I think when people recognize how easy a lot of this stuff is to actually achieve, you really switch on minds. It's a very different reception when people realize the value and the ease. I mean, you know, adding value in a simple way. Brilliant. Everybody loves it. So that's the kind of part of the thing with a short-term strategy. Um, but also, and this comes back to the kind of corporate experience, I guess, but it is about it working with your ways of working because every structure, every other, you know, methodology, it, you've got to be able to work in tandem. That doesn't mean not changing ways of working because sometimes that's essential, but it is, again, it is about making sure it works within an organisation. So we do that. But we also then come in because there's no point you just 
filling your intranet up with lots of documents. People need to understand what you're actually asking them to do. How do they deliver against those requirements? And that's where the education comes in. So that's things like inclusive communication, disability confidence, unconscious bias. Um, certainly with recruitment, I, I keep probably talking about recruitment, but it's such a massive area that we need what? to see so much improvement in. Um, so that's one of the pieces is about that education. And then there is linked to that, I guess, um, and also linked to the strategies, is the policy writing. So we support and we actually um, produce policies and standards around things like digital accessibility, inclusive communication, recruitment, learning and development, procurement and supplier partners, all of that kind of work in practice. How do we actually make it so that you are genuinely inclusive and that you are making sure that your tools and your services are accessible to all of your employees and all of your customers? So really, we're just there as a kind of one-stop shop to help everyone get to where we'd love to see you be. So, on on this uh, journey, uh, no, we, we we need to look at employees, not necessarily as customers, but but at least almost with with a, with a similar angle as as customers or as internal citizens. And how do we make sure that the solutions that and the content that we make available for them to read, for them to get information, is also accessible? Um, in the way that is easy to understand, uh, easy to read, uh, that they don't need to spend hours and hours to understand the policy. Uh, how we make sure that, or, or we need to ask them to attend the webinar to understand the policy. Uh, what we need to do to succeed in com uh, communicating with employees. So I always encourage um, companies to have an, an accessible um, communications standard or policy, but also to make sure that that is backed up with education, not just for communications professionals, but for everyone. So everybody needs to understand what that looks like. But it's also important because especially large organisations, they love a template and they love a branded, you know, uh, I don't know, PowerPoint slide that you can just add a little bit to. So anything that you're actually asking your employees to make use of for their communications has to start by being accessible and any guidance you're giving for them to actually you know adjust that so that you on brand also needs to keep it on accessibility so for me it really is about information and education i think if you get that out there and you build that into the way your organization actually communicates overall one size can almost fit all. I always say almost because there's always a difference, but one size can almost fit all and you only have to do it once. Great, great point, great point. Something I do need to add actually, talking about the maturity model, especially because Deborah's here because I realized I didn't say it. So it wasn't just a Jody brain dump. Um, we had a global, um, professional review panel, as I called them, doesn't roll off the tongue, I know. And Deborah was one of our wonderful people who gave us some really valuable feedback. But part of the reason for that was is making sure that we did get, you know, some real valuable input from professionals that have been in this space for a long time, but from different 
um, industries and different size organizations and different companies, uh, sorry, countries around the world so that we could be confident it worked across cultures and languages. So we haven't actually um, translated it, but we wanted to make sure that it could be, that it could work. Yes, and the collaboration, I think, is so important in our field. And I also want to say that Jody really did do the lion's share of this, and it was a lot of effort. You'll, you'll see it when you download it. It was a lot of effort for many years of experience. So I, I just really appreciate, Jody, that you would do that for our community. That's really showing major leadership, and you always have. So I know you showed a lot of leadership with IAAP so, and with Kate's organization. I mean, you're wonderful. We all just really love working with you. You make it fun. So, right back um, at you, Deborah. <laughs> Well, and collaboration is just so important. And also, it, we want to do a shout out for GAD because GAD 2022 is coming up on May 20th. So um, that's another way, way to celebrate this maturity model. So one more time, Jody, tell us your website. Yep. So it's bepeoplesmart.co.uk. You can find out all about us. But if you go to the tools and resources page, um, that is where you will find the um, maturity model and all the information on there. You will also find, which is also a free resource, our personas. So our personas are created with backstories and likes and dislikes and different disabilities, um, which you are free to make use of to help you with, you know, changing your own narratives and getting your culture to where you want it to be. So it's all there for you to take, for you to use and for you to do good with. And I also want to say Jody is supporting Billion Strong too. So she really believes in, she's always there. So we, we just we really appreciate her. So um, I want to take time to thank my clear text for making sure we're always captioned and accessible. And I hope you will join us for her on the tweet chat and she's just a wonderful wonderful resource wonderful global resource so if you're one of the valuable and you need a real expert jody's your girl so um <laughs> jody's your woman so thank you very much to the audience thank you joe and thank you antonio So thank you very much from me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Deborah, for just being fabulous as always. And thank you to Antonio. Um, I, yeah, it's great to be invited and it's great to be able to share. And I really hope that people have taken something from it. So take care.